Hello and welcome to Artsman and Bites. My name is Imogen Waite and I am the executive producer of the show. The Melbourne International Film Festival is once again on from the 5th to the 15th of August. Kate Fitzpatrick is a programmer for Myth and we talked about the new festival hybrid model and the balance between showing local and international films. First of all, what is your name and title? Hi, I'm, I'm Kate Fitzpatrick and I'm a programmer at the festival. This is MIF's 69th year and is one of the Australia's most important cultural events. How is this year different and also similar to other years? Well, I mean, this year at least we feel like we're hopefully kind of getting back to um, at least on our way to being back to what we we were before the pandemic. Um, So we're delivering the festival in a hybrid fashion this year. We've got uh, the first 10 days of the festival from the 5th to the 15th will be in cinemas. And that's in cinemas in Melbourne, like in the CBD, uh, but also in suburban cinemas um, around Melbourne and also in the regions. So usually uh, we used to do our travelling film festival after the, the festival had happened in Melbourne, but this year it's happening all at the same time, which I think is a really nice kind of collective experience as a state. You know, we've all been so isolated for so long. It's nice to feel like you're part of something um, again. Exactly. I feel it's such a nice experience because it, yeah, like as you said, it's a collective experience and it means that yeah. in regional areas you get to see at the same time that audiences in Melbourne are seeing it. Yeah, and so you can you can participate in the online discussion at the same time, which is is a really nice it's a really nice thing. I mean, for MIF audiences coming together is such a huge part of what makes the festival so special to people. So um, I mean, as as great as last year was, and it was really well received, I think everyone's so looking forward to being able to watch a film together in a cinema and have that you know real life reaction together. Exactly, yeah. So what does the hybrid model look like and why has MIFS decided to continue the streaming service from last year? Well, um, as I said, we had a real, it was really well received last year. Um, and, you know, I mean, as, as things are shaping up in the news now, even today, it, it's not, things are just not that certain. So I think we always thought that we needed to have a digital component to the festival. Um, and apart from anything else, in terms of accessibility, it really opens up the festival to a wider audience for people that can't physically or for whatever reason can't make it into a cinema, even their local cinema. It's great to be able to give them a really big offering as well, like a, a, um, a substantial offering. So, yeah, I think I think it was really um, we, we had to keep that. And I'm glad that we have. It's, it's a great thing. Um, now onto your day as a programmer. What does it look like and what does a, your year look like? Oh, that's a <laughs> big question. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's an interesting question because, I mean, as soon as, as soon as this year's festival is finished, we start to plan the next one. So it's, it's a never-ending cycle. Obviously, it's um, a lot less hectic <laughs> from September to December. We... Um, but I mean, you know, T- Toronto Film Festival happens in September, and we were very fortunate we all attended last year because it was all online. Um, so we, I mean, we start scouting films for the following festival as soon as the, the previous one is is finished. 
Um, I mean, obviously, as, as it gets closer to the festival, our days become a lot more hectic. Um, you know, we, we have to manage watching films plus, you know, answering emails and organising other ancillary events around the festival as well. My colleague Kate manages the MIF Talks. I look after the schools program, um, which those, those elements um, include a lot of, like, uh, complimentary and ancillary stuff that goes with that. So webinars and talks and things that happen online. Um, we've been doing some Q and A's uh, with um, directors who live overseas. So we were doing those via Zoom. Um, yeah, it's it's a many, it's a really varied and exciting job. Um, and there's, yeah. And when it comes to festival planning and getting closer to the festival, it becomes a like, putting our daily fires type thing too, you know, things can happen um, at very short notice. Great. Yeah. Um, what's the schools, um, the component you talked about before? Um, well, that's actually, that actually happens a little bit after. So the festival happens between the 5th and the 22nd, and then the schools program will happen at the, in the first week of September. Um, it, kind of coincides with just with them at the end of that third term for schools and then they'll go on holidays straight after it. It's kind of a nice way to finish your term. Um, there's about six films in the program and they are completely online. So the idea is for teachers to be able to um, show the film in class with their students um, and they'd be able to, like the, the advantage of that, I suppose, is they can stop the film and maybe discuss elements of the film as, as they're playing it, as they're showing it in class. And along with that, we've done a series of webinars that provide some insight into the film, like how the film is shot, what the themes of the film are, how they relate to the curriculum and, and things for the students to discuss. Awesome. That sounds so cool. I wish I did that oh. in high school. Um, <laughs> a festival must be a huge feat to organise every single year. Can you explain to us how the festival selects the films which are screened and the organisational process behind it? So do you go to like Cannes and Venice Film Festival and then do you go, okay, we need certain films in certain countries or certain regions. Like how do you select your films? Yeah, I mean, that's that's very accurate. We, we look to... Uh, lots of festivals around the world. We also have an open submissions process so people can send their films to us. People also send our film, their films to us, but we, we monitor film festivals very closely. I mean, before the pandemic hit, we travelled to some of these festivals. Um, uh, one of us goes to Sundance, but two of us go to Berlin, a couple would go to Cannes. Um, but as I said, last year was um, a really nice leveller for our whole team because we were all able to um, attend Sundance and we were all able to attend Toronto because it was all online. So we, we examine their programs, we watch their films um, and yeah, we have very specific requirements because we have an international program um, which features films from regions all over the world. Um, we need to, and you know, we, we, I think we had something like 5,000 films under consideration this year and we only have 200 and 50 odd spots for these films. So there's a lot to be considered. And there's a lot of great films that don't make it into the program just by sheer virtue of the fact that there's not enough space for them. Um, and we're really, we're, you know, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without, we've got a team of panelists that, that 
go through. I mean, it would be physically impossible for four of us to watch 5,000 films. But we have this really amazing panel of, um, of people that watch a lot of submissions for us. Um, and then, you know, if, if they're of a particular quality, they'll make their way up, up to the programming team. So, yeah, it's a quite a long and involved process. Um, and, yeah, there's lots to be considered. 5,000 films. Mm, oh, my goodness. making lots of films. <laughs> Is that like on average every year you'd probably get that amount of submissions? Um, it's probably, I'd say it's probably slightly larger this year because we would have had a contingent of films from last year that were carried over to this year that didn't want, they didn't want to be considered for an online festival only. They wanted to yeah, come over for this year. So, yeah, um, I mean, we obviously had to offer that as a solution. So, yeah, but it, it's generally around 3,000. 3, oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It's almost like an <laughs> unbelievable amount of, not like, I can't even fathom that many films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, can you talk about the MIF Premier Fund? Can you tell us what it is and what films are part of it? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, we have a record number of uh, Premier Fund films this year. Specifically, as, as we were just talking about, the um, ones from last year have been brought forward to this year. So they're films that um, um, the Premier Fund have invested in and part of their investment, um, uh, uh, you know, the, one of the benefits is that they get to premiere at the festival. Um, so there's 11 films this year, um, a really great range of documentaries and feature films. Um, one of the films is... Um, has played in competition in Cannes. It's the first Australian film to play in competitions uh, for 10 years. Um, there's some great local stories, um, documentary about Peter Tatchell, which is um, one of my actual favourites of the festival. Um, there's a great documentary called Nonny's Club about Courtney Barnett. Um, and all of these films um, will have a great premiere at the festival and, you know, COVID willing, I suppose, we'll have filmmakers in attendance for each one as well. Hopefully. How do you and the programming team ensure that Australian films are at the forefront of the festival, but also balancing between like popular international acts as well? Well, I mean, we have a dedicated uh, program for Australian films and this year it's, it's probably the biggest it's ever been. Um, we are really mindful, like in all Australian films that are submitted, um, at least for the feature um, side, we all make sure that we watch watch them so that um, they're given proper consideration. And that's what I mean. It can be quite heartbreaking because there's so much great, there's so much talent in this country and there are so many great films being made by local filmmakers that we face some really tough decisions when it comes to trying to fit everything in the program. And there are some really great things that we just, we have to say no to. Um, but I think we have really great relationships with these filmmakers as well. And we try, try to foster those relationships and keep in touch with them about future projects as well. What are some films or events audiences should look out for, in your opinion? Oh, yes. Um, I mean, I, my personal favourites, uh, um, there's a film I keep banging on about to everybody. It's a great UK film called Limbo by Ben Sharif. It was at TIFF last year. It was probably my favourite film that I saw um, at TIFF last year. I really hope everybody goes to see it. It's it's very sweet. It's really funny. 
Um, it's about a group of refugees who are waiting on um, a status outcome on this remote island in Scotland. And it's just this very kind of quirky depiction of their interaction with the local community. Um, it's, it's, it's really endearing. It's, it's very emotional, but it's also it's really funny. Um, and I, I think, you know, if anything, we need a great laugh at the moment. Um, there's, uh, in terms of events, there's a really fantastic um, live event that's uh, supporting one of our premier fund films called Loving Bright Landscapes, which is a documentary about the Triffids and their wonderful lead singer, Dave McComb, who tragically died. Um, there's a great um, live performance that's happening around that film with a group of, um, like a super group of Australian artists that have a connection to him. So I think that's going to be something that's really special. Um, it's going to be an in conversation with Courtney Barnett about her documentary, which I think will be really fascinating. Um, that's a great documentary. It's a really intimate kind of insight into her process and um, how she how she feels on the road. And um, she's really frank about her um, feeling lonely, and she really opens up about that, which I think is is really wonderful. There's a great uh, focus on on Iran. There's some really amazing cinema coming out of Iran at the moment, um, so much so that we decided to um, make a program dedicated specifically to films from that region. So it's called New Iranian Cinema. Um, I, I would encourage everybody ch to check out that program. Uh, some of those films are going to be online as well. Um, so even if you're not in Melbourne, you can check those out. Uh, Bandar Band is a personal favourite. That's a really lovely very small film about a group of musicians who are traveling across uh, flood um, flood affected uh, plains in Iran on their way to a gig in Tehran. Um, it's kind of like a road trip, which is, is really lovely. Um, there's a, a magnificent film called Ballad of a White Cow, um, which follows a, a single mother whose um, her, her husband's been um, executed for a crime that it turns out he didn't commit and the state has admitted that they got it wrong and she's going through the process of trying to get justice for that um, decision. It's um, The woman who stars in the film is also a co-director of the film. She gives this really wonderful, understated powerhouse kind of performance. Um, there's some great films coming to the drive-in as well. Um, if people are at Coburg Way, that's always a fun night out, I think. Um, there, uh, I think Together Together is playing at its drive-in. That's a very sweet um, indie American film about uh, a surrogate pregnancy, um, which is, is just really uh, terrific. It's, it's very sweet. Um, it's kind of like a, a budding friendship kind of film, which I think is really lovely. Um, yeah. I, I would encourage everyone to check out the program online. Um, there's so many great films to go through. And I think that there are things in there. It's such a many and varied program. I think there's something in there for everybody's taste, really. Exactly. I always found that about MIF. There's always something for everyone. Mm. Yeah, we try to be like that too, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fantastic. I used to, I volunteered for MIF and like the range of films that I saw were huge. <laughs> Oh, awesome. wonderful. What year was that? 2018. Oh, great. Yeah, that was that was a great year. <laughs> well, 
Where can the audience find more information about times and tickets and just events in general? Yes, if you go to myth.com.au, uh, all of the program is listed there. There's also a, a tab at the top of the website that says Myth Play. Um, you can click on that to find out what films are included in the online program um, and you can book tickets through that tab as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Arts Within today and best of luck for the festival. I think the full program's coming out when we're recording this, coming out tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah, so the program itself is online now, but the printed program you can get in the Age newspaper tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's um it's like a highlights um program. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thanks a lot. It was really fun talking to you. <laughs> thank you for listening. A new episode is released mostly every week, so make sure to subscribe and why not leave us a review as well. You can also say hello to us on Instagram at Artsman and Bites.